Um, I started out my nursing career right out of school in emergency medicine as a new grad and did that for a few years. And then just recently in the last, a little over a year, um, kind of did a little career switch, which is what's amazing about nursing because you can do that. And I switched to this whole medical aesthetics world. So that's what I'm doing now. Welcome to MDF Instruments Crafting Wellness Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to Lisa. So I'm, I was so honored when I was asked to be on this podcast. Um, my name is Lisa Edmondson-Smith. I am from Missouri. I actually went to nursing school at the University of Missouri in Columbia at Mizzou. So M-I-Z for all my fellow Mizzou people out there. Um, I live in a little town called Dexter, Missouri and work at a practice in my hometown of Popper Bluff, Missouri, just down the road. And now I am an aesthetic injector, medical aesthetics. Um, I started out my nursing career right out of school in emergency medicine as a new grad and did that for a few years. And then just recently in the last, a little over a year, um, kind of did a little career switch, which is what's amazing about nursing because you can do that. And I switched to this whole medical aesthetics world. So that's what I'm doing now. I love that because um, as I'm doing these podcasts, I'm learning about how many roads you can take as a nurse. Um, You can always continue your education. You can always change your specialty. Like the roads seem to be endless. And I was really excited to talk to you because you've done both emergency and, and now you're into aesthetic aesthetics and I think it's so interesting and so cool and you know we don't really get to talk much about these other specialties and so I'm really excited to kind of dive in and hear about how you made that kind of transition but also why can you tell us a little bit about like why you went straight into emergency room medicine after graduation and um, tell us a little bit about what that was like yeah so I graduated in 2019 and went right into emergency room nursing right out of school, which any nurses on here, when you first graduate and you get in your first job, you realize, oh my gosh, like I I know nothing. Like everything that I think I know, I have no idea. And I call it real world nursing. And so I was definitely so green, so new, um, just learning and, but loved it, loved the fast pace. I loved, um, just the people that I worked with and learning. And I, I really needed that core nursing experience. I think everyone needs that at some point in your career. Um, it was just such a good learning experience for me. I always say that's when I really learned what it is to be a nurse. Whenever I started my first job, I feel like school teaches you most of what you need to know. But then when you get into your first job, that's when you really learn how to be a nurse didn't mention this before, but I'm also in nurse practitioner school. So I knew that I needed um, either ER or ICU experience to be able to get into nurse practitioner school. So I personally did some rotations in the ER at um, the University of Missouri Hospital. And I just really was super interested. I loved being that person for someone in their like most vulnerable, scariest moments in their families. And there's just so much that goes into it. And I just went with my gut and 
went into emergency nursing right out. And it was so scary, but so like such, I can't express how much like I learned and how grateful I am for that experience. Also, what I also loved about emergency medicine is you just never know what's going to come through the door. Like I love that you didn't know what was coming through the door. It was fast paced. You had to be on your toes. It's just like the, the shifts just flew by most of the time. Like I would literally look down and be like, oh my gosh, I'm already like almost done with this shift because it was, you know, just, you never knew what was going to come through the door. Also, I, I should mention, I also started, I started my first job in January of 20 and in March COVID hit. So I had two months in the emergency room where we didn't wear a mask. And then like, which was crazy to think I'm like, wow, I used to work without a mask on. And then from then on, basically my entire first um, start of my nursing career was through COVID. So being in the emergency room, starting out as a new grad, then you throw COVID in there. It was just like madness. Even just going straight from graduating into an emergency room nurse, um, I think that's just going to keep you on your toes because like you said, you never know what's coming through the door. You don't really know how to prepare for things. You just kind of like have to be ready for anything. And then exactly. you got to experience a few months with just normalcy as a normal emergency room. And then the whole pandemic and during that time is crazy. So I, I imagine now you feel like you can do anything <laughs> if you can make it. Yeah, I, I, I do. Absolutely. I'm like, Hey, if I made it through, we made it through that. We can do it. Like whatever you're, whatever we have to go through, we will make it, you know, transitioning into aesthetics. I don't use some of those skills as, as much anymore. And, um, we were eating dinner, a couple weekends ago and one of my friend's little girls choked on a mozzarella stick and um I just kind of went and flew into that I, I've never saved anyone choking before I've had all the training but I've never actually done it in practice before and I had her dad flip her upside down I totally hooked her um got the mozzarella stick out and you know it's just such it could have been such a horrible um event, but I was like, wow, like that's what all that training was for. All those classes and courses that you think, oh, like I'm never going to use this. Or even if you're not in emergency, but you're just in other areas, you never know like what you're going to use your ACLS or your pals for. So I always am like, seriously, like pay attention in those courses because I mean, you never know, you might be out and have to do CPR on someone or have to save someone from choking. And so it's just, it's a really important thing to know for sure. Isn't it ironic too, that you're using that skill, not in a hospital or in an office yeah. just out in daily life. And I think that's a absolutely big people is anybody should learn, you know, you should learn CPR. You should learn how to save someone from choking the heim, like even just more basic things. Um, yes, absolutely. Never know when you're going to need it for even your own child or your own family member, or just some random person that you can help. But I'm so mm -hmm, glad you absolutely. were there. Such a I, I know her mom is so friends sweet. Like, they we flowers. <laughs> I know they're like, we can't go anywhere without a nurse now, but it, and parents, their, their parents were amazing too in the situation. So um, it, it just luckily was not, it could have been much worse, but it ended up being not so bad. So just have to be thankful for the good outcomes. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, kids, they'll put anything in their mouth. So yes, <laughs> you know, absolutely. It's like dogs will eat anything. You're like, wait, don't, don't. Oh, I know. I know. I did have to like, look up a video on how to do dog CPR. Cause I was like, what if I, I need to know that for my dog. <laughs> they don't teach you in those classes. Mm-hmm.
Oh, so I have a question about uh, your emergency medicine career after graduation. Yeah. Did you go, was it night shift for you? Because I've heard that starting out, a lot of times you will start on night shift. Is that similar yes. to you? Yeah, so, and actually like most ERs don't even hire new grads, um, but I'm from obviously a more rural area down in Southeast Missouri. So, I mean, it's kind of just more like whatever help you can get. So they luckily hired me, the manager at the time um, really believed in me and was like, you're going to be able to do this. I, I told him, I was like, if I'm not good at this in a month, like I'll go up to the floor and you don't have to worry about me. I was like, but I will try to do my best um, and learn and just, you know, immerse myself in that field. And he was an awesome manager for me starting out as a new grad, but I definitely had to start out on nights and kind of work my way up. I was doing the night shift, living the zombie life, all the coffee, Red Bull, all the bad things that I'm now like, oh, I just cringe thinking about what I had to do to keep going. But um, it's a, it's a real different, it's a real different life. Honestly, um, you're sleeping during the day, you're missing, you know, the world around you kind of luckily only for three or four nights out of the week, but still, it's definitely hard to kind of get your body acclimated to that. Particularly hard for me. I think some people love it and enjoy it. Like I have friends that are like, I love night shift. Like I thrive overnight. I was definitely not that. <laughs> So I was on the list for like the first option available any earlier, which I think ended up being um, at like 12 noon to midnight. And then I worked up to 10 to 10 and then eventually days. So you do have to kind of, it's a totem pole process. And um, I was just honestly happy to get like to land the job. So even if it started out on nights, I was like, whatever, I'll do it. Like I'll make it work. And um, it's good for you. It's good for you to kind of see what all the shifts and, and the differences are in that field for sure. Yeah, and it sounds like from what I understand, it's pretty common to have to start on nights. So for everyone listening, um, you're probably gonna have to do a night shift here. You're gonna have to do your night shift yeah. rounds. You will survive <laughs> just, you know, lots of coffee and you just do what you gotta do. Yeah. Do you have any, like, is there anything that really helped you since you aren't really a night person? It seems like you're more of a morning, a morning person person. Yeah. yeah. I, I think just make yourself get up, um, obviously get your sleep, but it's really easy on that day, that daytime, like after your shift to want to, you know, sleep and then maybe get up and lay around. And I really just had to make myself like get up and run and um, do the things like chores around the house or whatever, just really to make myself get up and go. Um, otherwise you're staying up all night and then you're sleeping and laying around all day. And that's kind of when you get into that um, like zombie like mode basically that you're just living in um, and it's you know miserable. No one wants to live life like that. So I think you just kind of have to force yourself to get up and keep going and let your body adjust. It will adjust. It just kind of takes time. For That's great advice. And lots of like tons of water. Um, it's really easy to get dehydrated on that kind of schedule um, with your circadian rhythms off and everything. So yeah, I think if you can just kind of on your off days, try to adhere to a normal schedule, try to eat at normal times. Um, your sleep is going to be off. Obviously you're probably going to be more of a night owl 
um, and a little bit late, later morning sleeper. But I think on your off days, if you can just try to get a little bit back to normal with your schedule, um, it makes it a lot better. Before we get into the change that you went through with your career and your specialty, can you tell us a little bit about what your education journey was like? What did you major in? Yeah, so I um, went into school knowing that I wanted to be a nurse. I wanted to go to nursing school, so I did do the pre-nursing route for my undergrad. And then I actually applied, I think it's at the end of your sophomore year, I applied to the um, Sinclair School of Nursing at Mizzou. It's, um, I can't speak highly enough, at least for my time there, um, about that program. It's an amazing program, but it is like very, very competitive. There's a ton of applicants and they only take a certain amount. And it's pretty common to not get in your first time um, even with like the best grades and everything that you can be doing club organizations. And it's just a very competitive program. So I did not think that, um, I, I don't know why I just thought that I would get in. I thought, well, I've, I've got good grades. I've done all this. So I actually was not accepted my first time applying and it totally like wrecked me. I was like, you know, I was embarrassed to come home. I was embarrassed to tell everybody that I didn't get in. And, um, but it ended up being like the best thing for me. I had a little gap semester as I like to call it. And I really just kind of got to, I don't know, just live. I think for so long, I'd just been kind of on a hamster wheel. Like, this is what I have to do. I've got to make good grades 4.0 to get into this program. And when I didn't get in, I was just like, okay, like, I guess I'm just going to take some classes and live a normal college life and um, I just had a, a ton of fun to be honest which everyone needs and I'm so glad that I had that um, because then I did reapply and I got into nursing school and then pretty much like the, the fun in your college life just dies because you're constantly studying uh, but experience point and it's how you can overcome rejection and how you can push yourself to succeed so all in all, that was a great thing that happened to me at the time. Of course, I was devastated, but all in all, it was a great um, experience for me. I, I talk about this a little bit on our podcast that, um, you know, people can feel like, oh, I should have gotten in the first time or they can, there's a lot that will happen when you aren't expecting to not get in and you get that like initial rejection. Um, but everyone that I've talked to, uh, has a very similar story. And it also ended up being like the best thing for them because they grew so much in that year. They learned so much and then they were only more ready for the next step in their journey. Because in healthcare, like once you get going, you're, you're in it, you know, and there's not really absolutely like break. So absolutely. good sometimes to have that time. And I think it's important for everyone listening and watching too, to understand that, um, it's okay. Like, it's okay if, if you don't rejection get is a part of life and the sooner you can kind of know that and hone that and know how to respond to it anything in life is going to be so much easier for you and you're going to be a stronger person and you're ultimately going to be better because you're going to work I worked even harder to get in the second time um so yeah I just I, I can't speak enough on just allowing rejection in your life and not giving up and continuing to fight for what you want because it will be worth it in the end and um, you'll actually appreciate it that much more. 
I could not agree more. So well said. Well, you said that when you applied for school and you went to college, you already knew that you wanted to be a nurse. So I would yes. love to touch in on um, when did you know you wanted to be a nurse? How did you know you wanted to be a nurse? Yeah. Is there a story there for us? <laughs> yeah. So I know everyone, that's like the number one question. And I feel like um, you know, a lot of people have such great stories for that. I really have always, I've just always had an interest in science and medicine and, um, you know, just everything that encompasses that. And I knew that I wanted to do something in healthcare. Originally, I kind of thought, well, you know, maybe I'll be a doctor or whatever. And then I did some shadowing prior, like in high school, I did some job shadowing and I actually went into job shadow, a physician. And through that experience, I really just loved the, um, the field of nursing and just kind of the role of the nurse, particularly the nurse practitioner, um, and nursing in general. I was just like, that is really what I want to do. Just the, I, I felt like the physician, it, there's a lot to that. And, um, I totally have so much respect for providers, physicians, but I really loved seeing the um, partnership between the physician and the nurse practitioner and just kind of that team oriented process um, and, the, and that with the physician and the nurses and Kai too have had um, experiences in the hospital setting where nurses have been the one to help me or help someone in my family. And I just felt like no matter what, when you left those situations, it was the nurse that you probably always really remembered and gravitated to because they're, it's, it's so much more hands-on with the patient. Um, and I really, I've always connected with people. I've always been able to talk to people. And I just thought like, that's really what I want to do. Like, I want to make an impact on someone's life. Like I want them to leave, leave my care and really feel like, okay, you know, she really gave me her all and, and, um, took care of me in a low moment or when I was scared and just have that experience with my patients. That's beautiful. I love that. How did you, um, decide, why did you decide to leave emergency room nursing? And then, um, what made you go into aesthetics? Well, tell us a little bit about that kind of, yeah. Yeah. So I, um, it was a really hard decision. I actually initially kind of started dabbling in, in aesthetics part-time. I always had interest. I've always had interest in beauty as well. So like basically medical aesthetics being the amazing combination of medicine and science and nursing also, but then you have that beauty aspect of things. And so it's just kind of the best of both worlds for me. I always had interest in it. In fact, I told a few professors in nursing school that I wanted to be an injector and they've all were just kind of like, Oh, ha ha. Like, why would you want to do that? Like, why would you go through all this work and want to do medical aesthetics? And I just, something inside me was always like, I just think I'd be really good at that. I always was watching videos and, um, really just was interested in it, but you know, I just kind of thought, well, like, is it real nursing? Like I, and, and to, to that effect, I did need the experience, the core nursing experience of emergency room medicine. I do think that there are, um, everyone has different journeys and different paths, but I think that there are some new nurses coming out of school, going right into a medical aesthetic, um, position, not to say that there's anything wrong with that, but I do think that I would not be as good 
at medical aesthetics had I not had that core nursing experience with emergency medicine first um, to really learn nursing skills and um, you know being quick on my feet and learning fast. I think that emergency medicine was really good for me with that in that regard. But um, ultimately, I reached out to a very well-known injector in our area. Um, she's had 10 plus years of experience in injecting and has built um, an amazing practice with Jody Spain in Popper Bluff. She's a nurse practitioner. And I reached out to her and just said, hey, like, you know, I would just love to come follow you someday and just see kind of what your day as an injector is like and just see if this is something that I would ever really be interested in. And she was so gracious, so welcoming, um, like let me come in and follow her, um, answered all my questions. And I just left being like, gosh, like that is what I want to do. Like, I know like, that's what I really, really want to do eventually, but just ultimately thought like, you know, I don't know if that's going to be something that is possible for me right now, or am I going to have to open up my own place eventually? And, you know, it's just, it's a hard, it really is kind of a hard field to get in because you absolutely have to have that mentor um, with experience to teach you. Um, so then a few weeks later, her and the partner provider, our medical director, Dr. McSpadden, Farrah McSpadden, they um, brought me in and said, look, you know, would this be something that you'd be interested in an, um, somewhat of like an apprenticeship and learning this craft? Because really medical aesthetics is more of an art um, which I've always also had an interest in, in art. So it, it just is everything that I've always loved, medicine, art, beauty, it brings it all together. Um, integrative medicine with health and um, exercise and everything that I love is in one. It just really encompasses all of my interests. And so when they said, you know, would you like to come start trying to learn this? I was like, yes, oh my gosh, like this is, such a dream come true for me. Um, and so I still kept my ER job. I just, anytime, anytime that I had extra, like on my days off, I would go there. And so I was like working double and, you know, trying to make things work, but I, it didn't matter. Like anytime that I could get in there, I wanted to be in there learning and just like immersing myself in this medical aesthetics world. And luckily that's one, when people ask me like, you know, I really want to get started in this. What's your advice? Um, I think step number one is absolutely you have to have that mentor. Um, for that, for me, that was um, Jody Spain and Christian Bowers, another very experienced injector at this practice. They absolutely took me under their wing, um, taught, have taught me everything that I know in this field and um, just really trained me from the bottom up, starting with neurotoxin, with like Botox and, um, you know, transitioning into filler with lip filler and cheek filler and then lasers and just all the, there's so many different avenues of medical aesthetics. Um, so I really just got a well-rounded training in all of that. Um, and then not to mention also another reason that I've always been interested in medical aesthetics is skincare. Um, I had pretty gnarly um, hormonal cystic acne um, growing up and through college. And I feel like I tried everything, like all the drugstore stuff I did. Um, I actually did three months of Accutane at one point. 
and really struggled with my self-esteem with acne. I mean, people will be like, you know, oh my gosh, it's just acne. It's a normal part of life. Everyone has that as a teenager, but it was something it carried into my college years. And there were times that I would wake up and look in the mirror and be like, I don't even want to go to class. I don't even want to be, I don't want to go out. I don't want to leave. And someone see my face. It was, it was debilitating. Um, and I know so many people that have struggled with that. So then also, you know, learning so much about the skin and medical grade skincare and the power of medical grade skincare and skin treatments and how you can absolutely like cure someone's acne and, and just see their confidence, um, rebuild. And, uh, it's just anything that has to do with medical aesthetics I'm obsessed with. And I think that that is so important when you are choosing your area or choosing your specialty, like whatever sets your soul on fire or whatever, like you can't get enough of, like that's what you should go with. Um, and so obviously, ultimately I knew that um, I loved emergency medicine. It was such a great experience for me, but it didn't ultimately, it wasn't what set my soul on fire and it wasn't what kept me up at night wanting to learn more about and so I um, quit my ER job and which was a hard, hard thing to do. I loved the people that I worked with um, and I really enjoyed my time there. But ultimately, I knew that if this if medical aesthetics is what I want to to do ultimately and be the best at, then I need to kind of give that, you know, all of my attention and my time and um, energy. So that's kind of the story of quitting my ER job and going into medical aesthetics full-time. I think it's so important to always follow your passion in your heart. And I wonder for you coming from emergency medicine, going into aesthetics, um, what was that like temperature of, of other people that you knew? What was the temperature of like your friends, your family? Was there any kind of um, struggle that you had there with just people understanding? Cause I, you, you touched base a little bit and said, you know, is that real nursing earlier? You yes. Quotes. Because I, I think it's important to talk about but people don't want to talk about it, but yeah, I feel like there's kind of a bullying aspect that can go on in healthcare. Like, Oh, what kind of nurse are you? Or what kind of doctor are you? Or this kind Absolutely. of leveling thing going on. And, and it's so important uh, cause I also want to touch base on, uh, your nurse practitioner. And if you're still pursuing that, I think you said you're in, in peace school. Are you? Yes. Okay. You're currently in school. Um, yes. but yeah, I kind of just want to talk a little bit about if you don't mind, um, yeah, absolutely. just because I think it's important people who maybe want to get into what you're getting into that there's going to be that fear there of like, what other people think of them? Or, um, is this real nursing or kind of just like the struggle of that, um, in the industry, if you want to just touch base on your thoughts on it. Yeah. So I definitely, um, I have the most amazing family and support system that they ultimately, my husband, my mom, all of our family was just like, if this is what you want to do, like, we want you, we want that for you, obviously. So that was amazing because, you know, it is kind of scary, like quitting your job and going into something that is totally different. Um, and then, but when I was leaving the ER, I definitely received some backlash. There was a few, um, a few physicians, particularly, I remember being like, you know, you're too smart to just go be a medic. You're too smart to go into medical aesthetics or you're too smart to just do Botox for the rest of your life. 
um, or you're going to get tired of that. It seems like it's a, it seems fun now, but trust me, you're going to get tired. You, I had one physician actually tell me that you could train a monkey to inject Botox. And um, so I was like, oh, okay. So I definitely received some backlash um, when I was leaving the ER. Ultimately, I took a lot of it as um, a, a testament that I, I, I was good in emergency medicine and I appreciated that, but they were telling me like, look, you're so good at this. Like, why do you want to leave this? Um, you've worked so hard and you've learned so much and you know, we've trained you and now you're leaving. And so I ultimately took that as a compliment and I really just held strong to what I knew I wanted in life. And this is your life. Some, you know, anyone else can do what they want to do. Um, but I, I think you have to be really careful about who you allow to tell you what you should do with your own life. Um, because you're the one that has to live it every single day. And I've just always felt like, you know, this is what I want to do. This is, I've wanted to do it for years. Um, and this is an opportunity now that has been, you know, laid before me that if I don't take this now, what if I never have an opportunity to try this again? So, um, ultimately I was just like, I took, I took the comments, I took the backlash and just really held strong to what I knew that I wanted to do. Yeah. And it's not like you unlearn your knowledge, you know, all the exactly that you had in the emergency room, all, yeah. of the studying, all of the things that you learned. It's not like all of a sudden, because you change specialties, you're just like, now you're a that's gone. Remember. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, I still have all that knowledge. I can still go back if I wanted to, but I'm going to go. Hey, I'm like, I'm still yeah. saving kids choking on mozzarella sticks. Don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> yeah. You're still doing great. And I mean, there's oh. a lot of, I think, what you're doing now in medical aesthetic it's people want to make it seem like it's this vanity thing and but it's it's i don't think that that's really what it's about i think it's about like um sure everyone wants to look their best but like Absolutely. you talked about earlier about having this debilitating like um thing with your acne when you were younger and how that affects your self-confidence and how that affects your whole entire life um yes it's still like it's important work what you're doing i guess is what i'm trying to say unless you're going have gone through it yourself you don't really understand maybe um if you've always had great skin or you you know you don't have um weird you know weird things going on with you that you can fix and it's like we're always trying to better ourselves and why is there judgment when it's a physical change that you're trying to do to like improve yourself but there's not judgment when you're uh you know going to the gym every day or internally eating yeah. healthy. there's no judgment there so why is there this judgment with trying to make the outside of you um the best it can be and I think there's nothing absolutely yeah the actually the our like mission statement of our practice um the practice that I work at is called aesthetic nirvana in Popper Bluff Missouri and our mission statement is look good, feel good. And it seems simple, um, but it's so true. It's like when people really look in the mirror and like what they see and are, you know, confident and um, happy with themselves, then ultimately you feel better on the inside. And that's, that's so true. And, and someone can say, you know, oh, it's vain. Like um, it's not, it's not real nursing or it's not, it is an elective, obviously it's, um, an elective form of nursing, but, um, I have absolutely still have the same feeling that I had in emergency medicine where I saved someone's life and they were so appreciative of me. I have also felt that same feeling in medical aesthetics when I've changed someone's life and built and given them confidence that they don't, they haven't had, um, made them feel like, 
you know, I can go out and be myself and I love the way I look and I love the way I feel now. And that is so rewarding. I'm like the, the rewarding, the reward of making someone feel like their best self and having them say, oh my gosh, I've not, I've not felt this good, or I've never, I've never felt like I could go out and um, be confident in how I look. And to be able to give that to someone, even though they already had it, they just maybe needed a little bit of help with some skincare or maybe a little Botox or, you know, whatever it is. It's like, that is so rewarding. And what I love most about my job. You actually are changing people's lives. You are because yes. if you have someone who has really bad acne and they feel you know, their, their, their life is being kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Their life is being kind of contained in a, in a smaller space, maybe because they don't want to put themselves out there as much, or they're, they don't have the self-confidence and they can do all the inner work that they want, but still, you know, it would be nice if that could be also helped. And once that is done, like it changes it changes their life. It changes the way that they go out in the world, how they feel. I mean, in dentistry, it's the same thing. If someone had a bunch of missing teeth and, you know, so, and a dentist was able to implant and fix that smile. It's amazing. You're changing yes. a person's life and there's no judgment there. People aren't like, oh, you know, are you a real dentist? Because you're making, <laughs> it, it's very strange right. to me that like, there's like kind of that stigma there, but I, yes. I kind of wanted to talk about it because, um, it is real nursing. It takes a lot of skill. Um, and you don't just trust anyone with your face, you know? So the fact that people right. are trusting you with their face, I mean, that's, that's not an easy thing, you know? <laughs> no, I, and I've actually, I've had to self-study and, um, train so much more in medical aesthetics to be able to, you know, take what I've learned and in, in, in practice and to just really master my craft of injecting um, and injectables way more than I ever had to train in emergency medicine, which is pretty crazy when you think about it, because you're literally like there's life-saving techniques. And then we're talking about medical aesthetics and injectables, but, um, it really, it's an art and it's a craft and it takes a ton of training to be really good at. And like you said, you are, someone is coming to you and trusting you with their face and there's also complications that can occur and you have to know how to handle those um, just the same as in, you know, regular nursing, there's complications in regular nursing, there's complications in medical aesthetics, and you have to know and be trained in how to handle those and ultimately just do your best work and take it patient by patient, um, giving them their best result and um, just changing one one thing at a time with patients and making them feel so much better about themselves. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about where you are in your NP journey. Yes. So I am a year and a half through. So I have about a year and two to three months left. Um, I'm set to graduate in 2023. <laughs> so hopefully we will, um, it'll get here soon. Of course, juggling um, work and life and school. It's a little bit different in this phase of my life versus when I was in college in nursing school, because when you're in college, it's all you do. Um, school is your job, basically, with the exception of maybe like part-time or whatever. But now in this phase of my life um, with full-time job, you know, 
having a house, trying to keep everything going with that. And then also um, the school aspect is you definitely have to get good at time management. I don't have kids yet. So the only, like the next step up are the moms, like some of my classmates that have kids in our nurse practitioner class. I'm just like, you are, y'all are the real superheroes in this world because they keep everything going. They've got their babies, they've got their school, their job. Um, I just have so much respect for the moms that are in school and keeping it all afloat because that's not easy. So I don't have kids. I don't have that in my mix personally. Um, but ultimately it's been, um, a really, it's been a good thing for me to learn how to time manage. And, um, I'll be so excited to be done of course, and graduated here in about a year or so. Are you taking, uh, class online right now? Or are you going in? Yes. So I'm actually doing my program through Maryville online universe or Maryville university online. It's a, um, institution out of St. Louis, Missouri. And I've, so I've done all of my program online. I'm entering the phase now where I'm going to be doing my clinical rotations here through the summer. And, um, but I've had a great experience. Can't speak highly enough of their program so far and have just really had a, a, it's been so nice to be living in rural, rural Missouri. There's, that's kind of, you know, there's not really nurse practitioner schools around. Um, so being able to live at home and work in my hometown and do my schooling online has been awesome. And I'm wondering like what the hours are like yeah. in emergency yeah. medicine, from what I understand, you will work like 12 hour shifts, maybe yes. like three or four times a week, um, yes. sometimes in a row, maybe not necessarily. And so what's your schedule like now? So my schedule is a lot different. I um, work eight hour days as opposed to 12, um, 12 or 12 hour shifts. And so I now work three to four days a week, depending on, you know, how busy we are. And um, I just do eight hour days now. So definitely I have a little bit more of like a work-life balance. I feel like with the eight hour days um, as opposed to the 12 hour days. Um, I don't know. It's the 12 hour shifts were nice because you do have you know, if you work three 12s a week and then you have all your off days, that is really nice. Um, but then now I also like, I have time in the morning, usually before I go to work, I can get like a run in, um, or, you know, when I get home in the evenings, I'll go for a run or ride my bike or whatever. So that's been really nice for me personally. Cause I, I definitely think I'm my, my body appreciates the eight hour days better than the 12 hour shifts, but um, and then I also obviously always have like holidays off because, you know, it's an elective, like I said, all of our procedures are elective. So, um, we don't, you know, do anything on holidays and I work some Saturdays. We do have some Saturday clinics to get in clients that, um, work through the week. So I'll work a Saturday here or there. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much my weekly week to week schedule. So it's definitely a lot better than when I was in emergency medicine. I, I appreciate the scheduling a lot. Yeah, and so how will that change with your rotations that you said you're gonna have to maybe start doing over the summer? How is yeah how in the rotations? Have you thought about that yet? Yeah, it's gonna get busy. So I am probably going to be doing my clinical rotations on Mondays and Fridays um, for however I have to get a certain amount of hours or course. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'll work. And, you know, Saturday and Sunday will still be 
pretty much my off days, but usually on those off days is when I am, there's also coursework that goes along with the classes. Mm -hmm. So I feel like Saturday and Sunday, I'm usually <laughs> trying to finish up my homework to get submitted by Sunday evening. And then it just starts over again on Monday. So it's definitely busy. Um, my husband is always teasing me. He's like, I swear, every time I see you at home, you've got a computer in front of you. And I hate that right now, but I'm like, you know what, this is the sacrifice. This is the time that you have to put in. Um, and of course he's been so supportive of me doing it and from the beginning was like, if you want to do this, like I stand by you hundred percent, we will make it work. And, um, my family is the same way. So it's been a, a really, it's so nice to have the family support behind you to get you through it. Cause there are some days that you're like, okay, I've run out of hours in the day and I don't know how to fit any more into this. Um, but you just do the best you can and you will get through it. Um, it just takes, like I said, a lot of time management skills. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and you're almost there. You're so close. Yeah. It, it, it really goes by so fast. Like I remember at the beginning, I was like, oh my gosh, like two and a half years, this is going to be forever. And you know, 2023 seemed so long. Um, and then now I'm like already over halfway, halfway through. So it, it goes by quick. Yes. I'm curious. Um, I have a couple like advice questions. So yeah, just if you could go back and tell your younger self something or give your younger self some advice, what would it be? I would say, um, if I could go back and tell my younger self something, it would be to, not sweat the small stuff so much. I think that when you're younger, for some reason, things seem so much bigger than what they actually are. And it's very easy to get um, caught up in that. Um, but if I, yeah, if I could tell myself one thing, it would be don't sweat the small stuff, um, go with your gut. There have been so many times that if I would have probably gone with my gut the first time, it would have been a much easier route. But a lot of times, you know, you take into you take into everything that everyone's telling you to do. Um, and I think if I would have gone with my gut, I probably wouldn't have gone the long way around so much on some things. And then honestly, just make sure that you make time for the things that matter. Um, the people in your life that, you know, those moments, those memories, you can't get those back. So I think that I would tell myself to like, stop, soak this in. I do that all the time. I'm like, just things will be so good. Life is hard sometimes. And everyone goes through so much, um, you know, with loss and, and this pandemic especially has made me just so much more mindful of like, when things are good, just like stop and soak it in for a little bit. Um, because you, you just, you deserve that in life and you need that in life. So that would be my top three things that I would tell my younger self. Yeah. All of that is really great advice. I love it. I love it. It's, it's, uh, it's very true. And, you know, sometimes going the long way around is, is sometimes it's, uh, yeah, you learn your way around. You, yeah. you, pick, you pick up a few things that you might Better not would have. So yeah. And you, absolutely. Learn and you grow and you only become stronger. So sometimes taking the long way around is, isn't so bad. Absolutely. Rejection and not knowing it's okay to not know what you want right at first, because you'll, you'll soon find out by doing the things that you don't want to do. It'll be like, I don't know exactly what I want to do, but I know I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so you, 
you will learn. It just takes time and that's okay. Because you have gone, you got your bachelor, you have worked in emergency medicine, you're now in aesthetics, you're, you're simultaneously going for your NP. I have to ask you tips, tricks, hacks, what kind of things that have you learned along the way that like just have made streamlined things a little easier or helped you in, in some way, anything you can share with everyone listening that kind of just a little a tip, a trick or a hack or anything like that? Yeah. So I think, um, big, obviously a big thing is time management and it's so easy, especially with phones and social media, which, you know, social media has been a huge part of my, um, honestly, my being able to connect with people. Um, I do virtual consults with people for skincare or injectables. And I kind of started that coming into my career. So, and just building a platform to connect with people and, and showcase my work with medical aesthetics. So absolutely, like I owe a lot to social media for that. I think that it's made my career, it's definitely boosted my career, but it is very, it's very easy to get caught up in that. And um, I think that you definitely, there's a time and place for it and you have to separate yourself from it. Like look up, take in what's around you. It's so easy to get caught up in our phones all the time. And um, especially when you're trying to do, like if you're trying to get through school and you're, or you're studying and um, you know, you just have to like tell yourself, like I, I have to put this down. I have to, sometimes I'll like put my phone in a different room and um, where I can't get to it or put it on a charger in a different room and where I can't hear it so that I can just get done what I need to get done in a day. So that would probably be my, my biggest tip because I think we do spend so much time on our phones and it can really be a time sucker for what you, what you, the time that you need in a day to get everything done that you need to get done. Yeah, I concur with that completely. I think you don't realize how much time you could possibly be spending on that um, and what you could do with that time instead. But yes. the thing that I do is I um, I put a little, because on Instagram especially, you can have a little like, uh, basically it'll alert you when you've been on, when you've spent a certain amount of time on the app. So um, smart, yes. It's a great way to say, hey, you know, I'm gonna say I'm only gonna spend 20 minutes or 30 minutes a day or whatever that is for you, a little time yes. on it. And that way, every time you like open and close, it's counting that time, no matter yeah. how long you're on it. Um, and that way you can- That's really think, smart. Okay, I only, I didn't hit it. And then also, I don't know if, if you know, if other phones have this, but the Apple phone, uh, iPhone, it has a, the ability for you to like screen time and kind of see how much time have you been spending uh, in front right. of your phone. But it's it's hard though because a lot of people work from their phones. If you're doing social media, yes. you're, yeah, you kind of work for you because you're trying to tell people, um, you know, about your services and what you can offer and what you can do. So some of that is also working, um, right? Social media, so it can kind of you definitely have to set some. It's a lot about self discipline and setting boundaries. Um, like this, what I'm doing on my phone right now is for work, but, um, you know, laying in bed and watching TikToks until two o'clock in the morning, that is, you know, not necessarily a necessity and, um, you're going to feel so tired tomorrow. So put it up, you know, just, just stuff like that. It's a lot of self-discipline, um, but your body will thank you for it and you're, you'll get a lot more done for sure. Yes. Okay, so I have one last question for you. Um, okay. Where do you see yourself in five years? Do you think that 
you're you're in this now and this is where you're going to stay do you have what kind of goals do you have um, for this career that you're in now obviously you're going to be an NP here next year um, yes. can you talk a little bit about where you see yourself in the next five years yeah so I definitely think I have found my niche and I'm so grateful for that I think I will definitely be in medical aesthetics Hopefully I, you know, I've been in this field now for a little over a year, so I'm definitely still new and learning. I'm always learning. That's one thing about this field. If you stop, it's, it's, you're a constant student. You're always learning. There's new techniques, new products, um, just so much new lasers and technology. So you're constantly learning. And I feel like the moment you decide that you've learned it all, then you're probably going to fall behind because someone is going to come right up beside you and, and just keep going. So I think hopefully in five years, I will have, you know, five years under my belt of perfecting my craft and, um, you know, working with people and just being the absolute best injector that I can be. Um, I hope to obviously be a nurse practitioner and graduated with that degree and kind of bringing that role into my practice. Um, a, a few things that's nice as a nurse practitioner and medical aesthetics especially is just the prescribing aspect in case you, know, you need to prescribe anything for procedure. Um, and then also just, um, just having, that was kind of a personal thing for me that I, I knew that I wanted to go ahead and continue my education and go on to be a nurse practitioner. So I'll be super excited to have that under my belt. And, um, I don't know, I, I hope to be still involved, um, in different organizations. There's so much connecting in the world of medical aesthetics. I've made like so many friends nationwide across the United States with these conferences that, that we go to. So I would love to be um, still, I actually have a, a goal of going to um, a conference and like speaking. So they'll have different uh, master or key opinion leaders speaking on behalf of their specialty or some, or some aspect in medical aesthetics. I would love to be a speaker or a trainer um, at some of these conferences that we go to throughout the year. So yeah, I just, I would love to just kind of um, excel and climb to the top, the top, the farthest that I can get in this business and um, just be, I also love anytime anyone asks me like, how do I get into this? I love talking with people and, you know, saying, look, this is how I did it. There's totally different routes that you can go, but um, it's really fun to be able to share this with people also. And new nurses coming out that might wanna go into the medical aesthetics realm. Yes. And I don't, I don't use this as much anymore, but this was my, so I don't know if this one's still offered. This is the white glitter with the rose gold yes. stethoscope. And I love, this was my um, graduation gift from MDF when I graduated nursing school. So I'm about to be whipping it out a lot more for my um, nurse practitioner rounds here in a couple of weeks that are starting. It's been um, sitting in my car a little bit more because I don't have to use it as much in medical aesthetics. So I'm excited to be able to break this baby out again for my nurse practitioner rotation. Yeah, and I was just going to ask you, I was actually going to ask you if there was a need for a stethoscope uh, in medical aesthetics. I feel Not like- Not really as much. Yeah. 
It's always yeah. a good thing to have in case you need to check some blood pressure or something, I guess. It is. It is. Occasionally we will, we'll do like some basic vitals before a procedure or something. So I'll have it, um, you know, on me for, I always have it in my bag in case I need it. And it's just nice to be able to, um, I mean, even out, like I said, sometimes now I use it maybe more out of the hospital setting than I, I do now with being in medical aesthetics, but I'll definitely be using this a lot more here in a few weeks for my um, health assessment class. So it's going to get, this bad boy is going to get broken out again. Awesome. But like, what do you like to do um, outside of being a, a nurse? I'd love to just hear a little bit about like other hobbies and interests that you like. Any, um, any organizations you're involved in that could be with, uh, that have to do with medicine or not, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and I want to get to know you a little bit. Yeah. So outside of work, I am a runner for sure. I run pretty much daily more. So, you know, I I'm, I've always had an interest also in like the integrative health medicine. So exercise and diet and vitamins and, you know, just kind of how you can make your body work at its most efficient level. Um, so I've always kind of been interested in that, but I also, um, just love the mental, aspect of exercise. Like if I don't run, then I just like something, something feels off. Um, so I, I, I always say I run more for my mental health than I do my physical health. Um, so I'm definitely a runner. I love being like anything outside. We're very big outside people. So hiking, um, just, you know, we golf, we live on a golf course. So we golf a lot. And, um, I have a kitty cat, He's probably back there trying to break in here. Um, so I've got a little orange kitten named Putter, hence the golf course. And um, I also have a German Shepherd. So we have animals. We love um, love our pets. I love spending time with my family. Our, our family is super, super close niched. And um, we spend a lot of time with siblings and our parents. And I would say probably other than that, I am if I'm not studying for school or, you know, trying to get a little bit of that work-life balance in, I'm just usually always watching injection videos or trainings. Um, what's really cool that is new with medical aesthetics, probably since injectors that have been in it a lot longer than I have, you know, they really, I, I have a lot of respect for particularly like um, who I work with, Jody. She, you know, there wasn't all this, um, education, just kind of at your fingertips with um, technology. And she really kind of had to pave the way for herself um, in learning this. So I, I, you know, anytime that I can go to a training, I absolutely take advantage of that. Um, there's a lot of like online courses that you can do. There's um, trainings frequently with different brands. Um, I think one of the first trainings I ever did was with um, the company Allergan with Botox. That was probably one of my first training sessions that I did. Um, and then there's, I'm a member of the International Society of Plastics and Nurses. So I span and um, I go to that conference yearly. And just like any, any time that I can, like I said, in this business, it's constantly learning and you're constantly a student and just immerse it really the best of the best it's immersing yourself into this world and giving it your hundred percent always learning um, because it's just an ever evolving field in itself 
so yeah, pretty much if I'm not outside or with my family or doing school or working, um, I'm just trying to train and, and perfect my craft or in medical aesthetics. That actually brings up something I wanted to ask. I, as we were talking, um, becoming a nurse practitioner, I was reading some articles in the last like couple months about um, giving nurse practitioners more abilities. Yeah, there's a lot of um, talk and it's, it's kind of always been a buzz. I feel like since I started getting into nurse practitioner school, but kind of giving nurse practitioners a little bit more um, freedom with like either prescription writing or even, um, you know, just basic abilities with providing care because there is so much, there's so many people that need to receive care by a provider. And there's only so many physicians to be able to provide that care. So there's really a large majority of our population that does not receive adequate care that they should. So by giving nurse practitioners more freedoms um, and more, you know, the, the ability to be the primary care provider, we would be able to see and provide care for more patients. So I think that's kind of the, um, the argument to give nurse practitioners a little bit more freedom so that we can um, serve as that primary care provider for patients, which I personally love the, um, the relationship and the partnership between physicians and nurse practitioners. I think it's what makes the role of a nurse practitioner so special. Um, and I think, you know, just in my experience seeing, so actually both of my bosses are our medical director, which is Dr. Farrah McSpadden. She's extremely well known in um, obstetrics, OBGYN. Um, she's a phenomenal um, provider and surgeon. And then also, you know, her nurse practitioner is the injector, Jody Spain. So they are in women's wellness also with medical aesthetics, you know, kind of separate clinics, of course, but um, kind of have that women's wellness aspect to our clinic, which is awesome. But just seeing their relationship and their partnership, it's such a trust and um, such a great working relationship. Um, they've built an amazing practice. And um, I just, I've always really loved watching them work together and seeing how that relationship between provider and nurse practitioner works. Well, I had a few people tell me like, oh, the field's saturated. You should just stay in nursing. Like, you know, there's no point in going on to get your nurse practitioner. And I totally disagree with that because um, there are so many more providers that are hiring multiple nurse practitioners to be able to accommodate um, the volume of patients in their clinics. So I think it's, I think that there's always going to be jobs for it. Yeah. Well, Lisa, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. And I, like I said, I'm honored to um, have had this opportunity and to speak on the podcast with you. So thank you so much for inviting me. And we want to, I know people, for people listening and watching who may want to reach out to you, find you, can you give us your social media handles so that we can get over to you if, if people have questions or just want yeah. to watch your videos? Absolutely. So pretty much on everything, um, TikTok, Instagram, all the um, platforms, I am under at my injector Lisa. And my first name is spelled L-E-E-Z-A. So you can find me anywhere with that. Mm -hmm.